As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening in to our podcast here. Uh, this, of course, I am Jimmy Hart. We have Thomas Egan. That's me. And Cam Connick here. What's up? We are going to have a little, a little game jam here uh, and talk about some things. Um, I, uh, I had some thoughts on a, a pretty broad topic that I wanted to see what you guys had opinions on. Uh, and it's really the state of effort versus rewards in video games. And I don't think it's a, a really all that talked about, in my opinion. I mean, I haven't seen a whole lot of articles about it. I haven't seen very many people talk about it. And what it comes down to here is, I mean, I play a lot of retro games. I've played a lot of classic, regular Nintendo, NES, SNES, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis games. And everyone knows they're too easy. They are Super easy. so easy, it actually makes me miss them. Oh. Because everything nowadays is just way too hard. Way too, man. <laughs> way too hard. They're like nine <laughs> difficulty levels, and what are you going to do? Yeah. No, it just, it makes me uh, harken back to the days in which I would play Battletoads and get to the water ski jet ski level and play it over and over and over and die because I've lost all of my lives and start over from the beginning and get back to it. You know, what drove me to continue to play that for my only reward for passing that level is just getting to the next level. Mm -hmm. Like something like that in today's gaming culture is automatically just hard. Well, two parts to this, like right off the bat, you can divide everything into uh, what does difficulty mean to different people and how has that changed over time? So for us, we're all 20-something, like 30-ish something-ish. How old are you, Jimmy? I'm 30. Okay, okay. Oh, okay. I, I thought so. Yeah, good guess. Uh, so uh, we're all late 20s-ish. Thomas, how old are you? I'm 27. Cam, how old are you? I'm 25. Okay, well, sorry I put that on the podcast. <laughs> uh, we're, uh, Don't dox me, please. <laughs> yeah. um, so over time, gaming has changed a lot, and so we're all 25 to 30 between the three of us. And so we lived in an age, I like to think that we lived in the, the perfect time to see 
both sides of, uh, like if uh, people that are five to 10 years older than us ha- really have a grasp on what childhood was like without the internet, period. And uh, I certainly don't know anything otherwise. It's not like the internet was was so prevalent uh, in my upbringing. Certainly in elementary school didn't mean anything to me. Mm-hmm. But I hit sixth grade and, and I was on AIM and dial up. Uh, and then after that, a, um, internet was just a thing that existed in the world, right? With that, uh, so many things changed. And in culture, not just gaming, but in so many ways, things became more connected. But before I talk about what the internet changed, before that, with no internet, the only way that you consume these games was in your house or in an arcade. So that meant two things. Either you were grinding this out at home and it was maybe it was your only game. Let's just say that you're a young person. You're not like a young adult, but let's say you're a kid or a teenager at this point. You've got your one maybe system at home. Maybe you're Atari. Maybe you're Sega Genesis. You know, uh, maybe it's your your old ass PC, uh, but you've got limited games for it. Maybe you don't even make your own money. You don't have a job or anything. So you're very limited. You're limited in what you can play. You're limited in what you can talk about. You don't even know what's out there unless you're really looking for it. So your scope is so much smaller than it is post-internet. So when your scope's not a lot bigger, you have drive to defeat, to overcome the challenges that are before you. Because that's all you got, and you're going to beat it, damn it. <laughs> I guess that's that's really interesting uh, to kind of frame it that way. Um, I My first console was the original PlayStation. So I think in terms of, like, you consider a lot of retro stuff that's relatively late to the game, even though it really doesn't matter at one point. But I I never really felt like that I kind of had to beat something. Like, it's very weird. I, I hear a lot of people talk about how if you, like, have, like, like an old Castlevania game, not like the Nintendo or whatever, then you, like, you just feel kind of compelled to, like, explore that world. And I kind of never really felt that in a really weird way. I guess I've also never really thought about it, so I'm just kind of handling these thoughts as they come through. But... Uh, I I don't know. I think it just kind of I kind of was just drawn in by. I I don't know. I think just that kind of like experience. It was like almost an escapism thing for me, mm-hmm. in a weird way. Um, to where like I didn't necessarily feel compelled to, like oh I just have to see how this game ends because I was playing a lot of Crash Bandicoot. Of course you're gonna beat Cortex at the end of Crash Bandicoot because it's it's very Wait, formulaic. What? Yeah, sorry. Spoilers. Oh, I know. Man. <laughs> uh, See, that's what's difficult these days. Is spoilers. <laughs> spoilers. You're you're not kidding. Um, sorry, Jimmy. It's okay. Um, wait till you find out about that one time that I'm they... actually three bosses in. Oh, and the remakes. I've never oh, played it. Really? <laughs> okay. <laughs> well. Um, so thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> no, but I I always never really felt like compelled to like see that story through to the end because the stuff that I was playing as a kid wasn't necessarily like super complex with the exception of Armored Core for some reason I was playing as a child mm-hmm. but I it, it was just kind of nice to just have that just kind of be there and it was just kind of really 
something to do, I guess. I'm, I'm not really sure I have like no, concrete thoughts on it. No, I totally get it. So the reward you may have gotten from that wasn't necessarily a story or anything. It was, you. it could have been, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was very much that escapism. You had this interesting game with a Crash Bandicoot. It's mm-hmm. a crazy you know, cartoon world. And right. You're going through this level, and there wasn't a game like it at the time. It was very different. So um, I think uh, going back to your Castlevania analogy, I actually really like that. So mm-hmm. I I definitely was, to Thomas's point, the kid that had I had a, a NES system, and I had 10 games. And mm-hmm. I had those 10 games. That's all I had, and that's all I had for quite a while. Because it wasn't even mine; it was my mom's. My mom's the one that started playing before I did. So it's funny like... to say that. Like that's not something you hear anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, not unless you're like a, a kid, kid now. But like, as someone who's my age, I haven't heard someone my age say it was my mom's console. Yeah. yeah. Like it that, was my that mom's. Is, that is an system. interesting one for me because I'm, I'm the only one in my family who really ever played video games, or at least the first for sure. So uh, it. If, of course, everybody that would be listening to this is probably familiar with the original Castlevania and how the screen looks. At the very top, you have your like health bar, you have your item bar, and then you have a score. A score is very much a different a point in a game that could be a reward and could not be a reward. Mm-hmm. I mean, who honestly, who would look at the score value in Super Mario Brothers? Right. Did you guys ever do that? When nope. you played that game. Oh, absolutely not. So yeah. there I are some people even looked that at do. the coins, which is, uh, uh, <laughs> well, really, I mean, it's another thing. Yeah. And like, it's not like the game tells, well, I don't think the game tells you. The game tells uh, you jack shit. Yeah. So that, that is true. like yeah. <laughs> you, you get around to getting a hundred coins and I think you get an extra life, right? Sure do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you just have to figure that out. So like a lot, of, a lot of games like that, it's not just about the gameplay. It's like, Hey, figure it out that's what i love about it and very much why this topic means a lot to me so the difference between playing castlevania and seeing a score and mario brothers and playing a score is very small but then getting a game like legend of zelda that does not have a score but also this crazy world where you can go anywhere and you can explore and i definitely felt that way with that game Mm -hmm. this is a world i want to look around in i want to see what's around this corner what's to the right i don't know i can't get past this bridge yet Mm -hmm. that sort of thing so when i'm playing games like in, in of course today's world like dark souls it has that very same retro mentality because the, the way i play games now compared to the way i played games as a child is very different so I, I would love to just i will repeatedly play a game and play a game and play a level and play a level and die and die and die until i get it and that's very much why dark souls is appealing to me not because it's a hard game it's just you have to have a certain mindset to play it you are learning when you die so that way, when you turn that corner, the skeleton doesn't kick you off the cliff. A fucking gen. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> he does. I mean, he does it once, and that's all he fucking gets. He gets right. one. Yeah, yeah. And he will not get another. That happens, and then and then the first time you're like, oh, look at this wide open bridge. I'm just gonna. Oh, God, there's fire everywhere. There's a dragon apparently. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're just like, all right, and like, and there's a pretty good likelihood that you die after you just defeated another boss. And had a triumphant moment. It was like, all right, sit down. You know, yeah, you had your fun. Now, chill out. Like, because right. you're, you yeah. know, buckle up. And uh, I, I, I like that when that happens, you basically have uh, a relatively free run back to where that kills you in the game. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not totally true. But, uh, you know, 
you cleared some stuff out. So the real barrier is out of your way. Now it's just like, hey, can you fight through the uh, cannon fodder? You know, can you fight through the, the fodder to get back to where you got? Like the boss that you fought is gone. But now that you think you're strong, can, can yeah. you fight the regular guys again? Like you better not, you know, make sure you take them seriously because that was the game that taught me. It was like, oh, yeah, you beat these, you know, wimpy skeletons. 50 times in a row, well, as soon as you stop taking them seriously, you're dead. Oh, totally. the, the smallest dude will just kill you. And it, it reminds you, it's just, it's, you stay humble. You know, like, yeah, you're good, but keep your guard up mm-hmm. kind of thing. You know, just keep on watch. And that was definitely something I appreciated about Dark Souls. I, I told you that uh, I, I think I got about two-thirds, three-quarters of the way through Dark Souls 1, and I had a good time. And and that's how we brought up this topic uh, before was was risk versus reward it was that um there's such a satisfaction that comes from overcoming these bosses figuring out the ins and outs of combat and the the esoteric systems in that game whether it's how poison works or how the loot works or how saving and weapons and there's so many things that exist in this game and doesn't tell you how to do any of them and you are learning like you you have to learn yourself, but also it's risky to learn. Like anything you do, there's a chance that it's just going to kill you or that you're going to waste an item or, or something, you know. Um, but that like that was in the early ages of the internet. I really do think a lot of this in my head. I This boils down to as a collective of gamers, where does this sit on the timeline of connectivity and how did people share information? So Dark Souls is one where when you're connected to the internet, you can leave messages on the ground (laughs) and you can use that to give people genuine tips or you can use it to trick people or say, hey, watch out. Sticky white stuff. Yeah. It's time (laughs) for crab. It's time for crab. crab. (laughs) I will never forget in Dark Souls when it was before that boss that I was just talking about and I I kept getting my ass kicked by not even a real boss. It was like a big little guy. And, uh, you know, you fight the Tauros demon. That's who I'm talking about, right? Well, before him, you've got, like, the obsidian statue or whatever. Man. Yeah, the Black Knight. Uh, yeah, yeah, the Black Knight. Never had I just been well, I can, knocked I down set, to size. I can set the stage a little bit because in the game, of course, you have a certain set path, and you can open doors, and when you go up the, in the door, you have a staircase that goes to the top of, a like, a, a castle tower and at the top of the tower is this fucking skeletons but shooting arrows at you for the past 20 minutes yeah so you kill them you go back down and then you go in a different room and there's like hidden compartments and places you can go into and so you walk down some stairs fight a couple things you turn the corner and there's a little tunnel and you see this just giant he takes up the whole tunnel yeah. he's very tall and he has a large sword and he has these two giant points that almost look like I mean, Batman points on his cowl, mm-hmm. but a lot taller. And he's just standing there. He doesn't move, nothing. If you get close enough to him, he then slowly starts walking towards you. And that's <laughs> when he is just ready to fuck you. It's <laughs> just <period. laughs> yeah, He's full ready stop. to just, yeah, you are done. He yeah. will find you. He will not stop following you. You go up, and I, I might be misremembering this, but I think he can hit like through your shield like he can hit you hard enough to like knock you down or something it's something like that where you're like okay i understand the basic mechanics of the game and then it reminds you you do not (laughs) (laughs) and uh sits you down in this little chair 
he tells you no and walks away. <laughs> because he's so powerful. I mean, first of all, if he hits you, he just does a huge amount of damage. And after he finishes his slow, dramatic walk up, if you run away from him, he's not that slow. You know, he'll he'll pick up the pace on you. Um, you know, and, and enemies in that game, they'll chase you. They'll chase you for a while. Um, but the issue is you hit him with your weapon that you've been killing people with. It does like three <laughs> damage instead of a hundred. And you're just like, oh, it's too late. <laughs> like, <laughs> I made a mistake. Uh, you know, and so what you can do is you can just avoid him for now because that's this is another thing the game teaches you because you see him and you figure. You just walk right I've, on past. Yeah, I've got I to gotta go here. Well, no, you don't. You can come back later. And that's the game teaching you, hey, sometimes there's a left, middle, right. Like, there are all these options you can go. You know, pick what you think is right for you and figure it out. You know, there are uh, parts in the game where you can find shortcuts, which is very satisfying to really cut that danger in half. Because when you avoid a whole area, oh man, you just saved yourself a ton of trouble. And that discovery is, like, the discovery it's not a fight. Like it's like, sometimes like uh, the game will give you hints that there is like a hidden wall. If you touch this wall, mm-hmm. it'll disappear. And there's a whole new area back here, which is wild because you could easily have just not seen it. But that satisfaction, that discovery is amplified so much because the rest of the game is such a challenge. So any little advantage you get in the game, whether it's something that you feel like the game gave you or something that you felt you earned, uh, all of that, combat or not, it feels so rewarding because every other part of that game does not hold your hand. So, like, the smallest advantage feels huge in that game. One more point I wanted to add to that, because it's still, like, the beginning area of the game, like, the first main area you find. Uh, It's actually very shortly after you see the Black Knight, you go up some stairs, which a skeleton kicks this, like, flaming... Big Indiana, Indiana Jones, Jones yeah. style ball at you. It rolls down the stairs and can take you out. Dark Souls sounds fucking cool. I have not actually okay, played this so, game, and this sounds fucking awesome. So once you walk into <laughs> it, the next door, it really door, is a pretty cool game. You, you walk into play. the next door, and you have two options. You can go into the weird, misty, giant archway to the left, which does lead to the first boss. Uh, and then, or you can go to the right and go down the stairs, kind of like, a, again, a circular, like, castle style uh, stairwell. And then you turn, like, as you're going down the stairs, you find nothing on the first floor. You go down another set of stairs, and you go, you look down to the left, and you see a knight that's heavily armored. Like, in almost what looks like a Goodyear tire icon symbol. <laughs> like, the the big floofy white guy in the Michelin tires, I think. Michelin man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. But he's silver, like, knight armor. And then if you step down far enough... You, you hear the clank of his armor shift, and he starts running. He starts oh, running no. up the stairs. And, of course, your first option is, oh, no, no, no. And you turn around, <laughs> and you yeah. run right back up the stairs. And sure enough, he will also chase you down until you are no longer. <laughs> but right. also, it is a shortcut that you can absolutely do. And I, to add I don't on think I to, ever even found that. The best part about it is it is very much rewarding because you can come back. You can absolutely come back and ruin his day yep, for yep. making you feel like that in the first 30 minutes of the game. Yeah. And it's the most <laughs> rewarding thing. And it, my dilemma about, and why I want to talk about this is, what is it about, uh, and I'd like your guys' both opinion, of course, mm-hmm. in today's gaming, uh, is it the same? Is it now we have 
I mean, I, I understand and I respect that games have taken so many different forms and it could be art, it could be a very simple yet rewarding like original NES game, or it could even be a bigger meaning like a game like The Last of Us where it's it's rewarding, it's not necessarily like fun, which is a whole nother topic, mm -hmm. but it's still engaging. It's, yeah. So like the reward of that is just kind of seeing that whole story through to the end. As opposed to like, oh, I'm overcoming this challenge, which there is that for sure. Mm -hmm. But you're, it's it's very scripted. It, it it's totally just kind of feels like an interactive movie for a lot mm -hmm. of that because mm -hmm. you're not like actively doing a lot of that stuff, mm -hmm. like in the cutscenes and stuff. Right. So now is the reward? Do you want to go after skill? Do you want to go after more skins? Do you want the gold star you get from leveling up your character but doing the same sort of gameplay over and over again? Or mm -hmm. are you looking to have a, a story style encounter so start to finish? What I think it? that it kind of ultimately, it, lately it's kind of ultimately dependent on what type of game you're playing. Mm -hmm. um, my In my head I immediately jumped to just on like almost a foundational, almost primal level, I just like to see the numbers go up. Like, that's just something that I like to see a whole lot. Um, and you kind of see, like, I think there's just mass appeal for something like that. It's very satisfying to be like, okay, well, I had this gun that did 50 damage. Or I had this sword that did 30 damage. But then I picked up this new sword that I got from this dude. Now just 35. Mm -hmm. And there's just, like, something, like, incrementally satisfying about that. Um, and I think that's why you see a lot of, uh, like, bigger, like, shooters nowadays, like, recently like the division or even like Fortnite has it uh destiny i think might have had it but it's been a bit since i went back to that like numbers flying out yeah of their, like yeah, you like shoot somebody and then that. it just like pops up like a 47 or a 150 or something like that and oh, then yeah. when the, there's the a 157 was like gold yeah whenever you instead. see like the critical hit yeah. or you hit the weak spot just like this big flashing number flies up it's just really satisfying to feel that kind of immediate reward and that immediate just kind of feedback from something like yeah. that you're kind of like actively putting into the game i guess yeah uh sound design in games totally. is hugely important and in a game like apex legends mm -hmm. where uh you get a headshot and you know that sound like even if you're firing your shotgun and you just got a reasonable number of bullets to the dome like you, you hit their whole body like you just you know you had such a spread shot you got a little bit of shot on their head you know that you got max damage for that shot and you know that without looking at the number that goes up because you heard that satisfying sound. Mm -hmm. And that right there is uh, is your reward for, or, well, not your reward, but that uh, tells you, like, you did it. Like, you need to be good at, at aiming to, to defeat your enemies. This sound means you did it because you got the max damage and all that stuff. So, like, of course, your enemy going down is how you win you know it's how you defeat them you actually take them down and then when they're knocked down whatever but uh like little things in combat that can give you uh positive feedback um it's so rewarding but that really only applies well the way i'm thinking about it, it only applies to multiplayer games so it's a specific kind of difficulty that only matters depending on who your enemies are and your enemies are people instead of in dark souls it's obviously uh all ai until you go into their also esoteric uh pvp system mm -hmm. um which is which is really its own its own thing but if, if i look at what what people are looking for now today it 
you've got the old guard, which is us, which is funny because we're, you know, creaky bones over here. We're practically turning to dust. What? I'm <laughs> wasting away at yeah. 25. <laughs> uh, you know, we might be looking for totally different experiences than um, people who are 10, 15 years younger than us. You know, Minecraft and Fortnite have been the two biggest video games for the generation below us for ages. And there are plenty of other big ones and not, you know, that's not to downplay the fact that a lot of those uh, younger kids are playing a lot of games that we're playing also. But look at those two sides of the coins. You've got Minecraft, which is the least difficult game of all time, or like where it's totally casual all the time, even your survival mode. You're just like, you know, don't go out at night. Don't mm-hmm. die to the zombies. But maybe your challenge there is your own challenge. You want to build something and your challenge is to basically be an architect, you know? But that is your own challenge. That is definitely not a Battletoads difficulty kind of, you know, mountain to overcome. Um, the other side is Fortnite where you want to be the very best that ever was, you know? Hmm. You are always going against other players at all times. So your your difficulty bar is different. Every single game, mm-hmm. every single encounter that you have is somebody new. And you don't know if they're going to be the Black Knight or if they're going to be one of the fodder skeletons, so to speak. That's me. I'm the fodder skeleton. <laughs> I am not good at Fortnite. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, we, we had talked about this uh, on, on our other podcast, right? Where in Apex Legends, mm-hmm. I love the risk-reward you kind of get where uh, some games, you play to win. And like when I want to win, I want to win. I want to win. But some games, I just want to I want to get spicy. I just want to drop in hot. I want to go to where I know everyone's going to drop, and I just want to fight. I have no plan of winning that game. Like, probably, you know, 20 people are going to land in this spot, and boy, there's a really slim chance that I'm not going to get snuck up on in the middle of a fight or something, right? 20 spicy meatballs all in one pot. Ooh. Ready for that marinara. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, cloudy with a chance of spicy meatballs. Uh, you know, that, that stuff's really fun, and I'm getting exactly what I want by doing that. Uh, but I'm not going to win the game. But what I can do is, if I, like, that's me going in. I want to have a five-minute game where I just go crazy for five minutes. That's all I want. I don't want a 20-minute match that I win. I want a five-minute match that I fight. And so there, I have a different objective. It's I want to fight all the time. Throw me in the crucible. Throw me in the fire. And so my difficulty is turned up to 11, which is why I never walk away from those fights. Because, you know, everybody's fighting all the time, and then you're like, oh, we finally beat him. And then another squad shows up, right? So that's me in a multiplayer game turning the difficulty up to hardcore, right? So I would have to be the best to win that. And I like that you know, that's how I want to get better at that game. You know, turn up the, the difficulty to 11. And w- once I get used to that, you know, it's like in Dragon Ball Z, I'll take off my armor, you know. <laughs> I'll, I'll warm up oh, using all shit. that stuff. <laughs> and then when I'm really ready to win, I'll take all that, you know, learning that I did back there and I'll take it with me all the way to the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but it that's a really unique way to judge difficulty in a game that's only multiplayer that does not have... Apex certainly, right? How it doesn't have a ranked tier. Mm-hmm. Everybody's thrown into the same pot. There's no ranked mode, casual mode, practice, none of that. So everybody's in all the time. And that really muddies the water on what, especially a younger generation, would even think about difficulty being. Because I know people who only play Call of Duty. That's all they play. 
And so this is a similar thing. Maybe they play zombies, which has difficulties, I believe. Maybe. I don't yeah, think so. It, That's it's, it. It, it's or, procedurally. Right. So like yeah, the right. longer you last, the harder it gets. Yeah. But yeah. You're right. You're, so that that is tried and true difficulty. And so I think uh, that made me think of a couple of different points. And uh, you, during that, you alluded to, really, I'm going to totally like sum it up right now in a nutshell, but I there are three-ish or a few things that all kind of go into this topic. And it, one would be your expectations of the game. Mm-hmm. So your type of game that you like to play, you actually set your own reason for the reward. Mm-hmm. Your reward isn't unlocking the skin. Your reward is, what am I going to get in this next fight? You know, yeah. what's what's going on in this next fight? Or the other part could be the developer's expectation. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If they have any for what they would want you to experience. Mm-hmm. So that could very be very different than what you, know, you were expecting versus the person that wants to get that next gun skin or mm-hmm. actual character skin or something. Mm-hmm. And then even maybe the last point would be actual gaming experience or age, just because of how games have evolved in age and how, again, widespread they are and how different they are in some are art forms, some are not, mm-hmm. um, and how that could relate to what I'm trying to expect. Potentially. So it's very, I mean, maybe it's just very different. There's not a way to pinpoint down Mm -hmm. the exact effort versus reward. It depends on the game, depends on the person, Mm -hmm. depends on. And so it's a whole bunch of different things. It's, it's all the stuff we talked about uh, before the stuff that you just brought up. Uh, One example is my girlfriend and I just started playing Diablo three, which is great. We've been looking for a game to play together for a long time. And uh, anything that one of us wants to play, the other doesn't, you know, She's like, let's play No Man's Sky. And I'm like, oh, man, I've been. <laughs> no, No Man's Sky. <laughs> no. Like, I've been cheated by that game too many times. I can't go back. can't go back. Um, you know, but but it's still fresh for her, so she wants to. Well, the same can be said for several other games where where one of us wanted it, the other did not. So it was like, eh, well, we could compromise or let's just keep looking. So we keep looking. Well, we finally did Diablo 3. We tried it out, and it's great because that game is easy. But it 
feels good mm-hmm. when you get new rewards when you unlock uh new areas um you know we we actually bumped it up on hard and uh lizzie does not like difficulty in games she does not play games for difficulty for a challenge period she plays them for story like first and foremost and then like graphics are pretty cool uh she likes good characters and stuff but she shows up for a good story full stop uh a challenge is is like tertiary to her so to be able to play this game together and to do well enough you know of course you bump up the difficulty you get better rewards uh money is not an object to us in the game right now like between the two of us we have so much money that it it feels good even though i mean the game is really not hard it still feels good that we were able to turn up the difficulty and she was still able to have fun with it because like while this isn't a good example of um like we have it turned up as high as it can go and i definitely want it to be like twice as hard like i want to be struggling and we're nowhere near struggling at all um especially with two of us i don't know how it would be if i was by myself but i mean the game's easy and i i you know diablo came out in like 2015 i want to say came out a while ago is that 2015 i think so that sounds right sounds right yeah it's been a while and so i basically did not play it ever until uh this you know the end of 2018 Mm -hmm. and so it's all still new to me so whatever nice thing about games these days is that they don't age that much uh depending on well, depending on circumstances. Yeah, I guess it depends. Game the like the If you told me that came out last year, I'd believe you. You know, mm-hmm. um, so we're having fun with that. Uh, but I really to be wish fair, we they could... have released like the game six times. That's true. Yes. So yeah. they probably yeah, have they the did release it last edition. year. Yeah. It did come out last year on yeah. the Switch. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, all this is to say, I wish I could turn the difficulty up more. But it's nice for her to dip her toe in in like bumping up the challenge because she was pretty hesitant, and then we kept playing. And she was like, "I think we can do it," and that was cool. Because I, I love being challenged. Like, being challenged, I, even though I fell off of Dark Souls, um, like, being challenged is what I go to games for. Like, uh, I love the phrase, if you're learning, you're not losing. You know, so so win or lose. If I drop an Apex and I, and I die in one minute, ten times in a row, if I feel like I'm getting better, I'm going to do it ten more times. Like, uh, that's, for me, that is the grind like i am in it for the grind not necessarily just for wins that's the battle toads level <laughs> so i am kind of the exact opposite of that nice uh, um i have a lot of trouble keeping up with just like constantly just throwing myself at a wall and like like if i'm up against like this big boss or like this stage that i can't beat and i just like keep throwing myself at it i just you break your game yeah i just take the disc out <laughs> For a digital game, yeah. snap it in half. Oh heck! <laughs> um, no, I, I, I think the rewards that I'm typically more drawn to are stuff that's usually kind of like unlockable extras or like a like a cosmetic or like just some sort of like visual thing that says, "Hey, you're doing a really cool, like, good job at this thing." You know, you can pay money for those, and they're called loot boxes. Yeah, you can. And that's that's kind of a thing that muddies the water a little bit. Because as you were talking about Apex, I was thinking about Titanfall 2, because of course I was. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about, man, like, Respawn makes some good-ass animations. Mm-hmm. Like, they always have. And I was thinking about, oh, like, some of the Titan executions that 
you can get like for like their prime titans that you can get uh for titanfall 2 i'm like oh those are really cool but you have to pay money to unlock them there's no way to actually get those which is a damn shame the last of us in the multiplayer there like the crossbow you have to pay real money to get that there is no oh, other way to unlock that. that and i straight up i quit when i found that out like i, I played for like one more week i think uncharted did that also dude That's cool. honestly yeah. i could not believe that that like i i looked it up right i was like i must be missing something because surely they did not put a, a gun in here that i cannot unlock without real money and that that was that's how it was so like those those titan executions that i'm talking about they look fucking awesome they are purely cosmetic mm-hmm. they just are an extra cool thing for you to just stunt on some fools like hey i killed you and like got up close to you Ooh, ooh, watch out uh and well, the finishers in apex where, it's, where it's like, the exact I got same you, thing and this is super risky but ah, ah, ah. it's the exact <laughs> same thing but like the titans are invincible in titanfall 2 whenever you're performing an execution because it's just mm-hmm. like hey you earned this nice. you know um but, like, there was some other stuff that you could get, too, like... But most of the really cool cosmetics they had behind that paywall, which was a little disappointing, but that content was free, but that's another point. Um, but I also, like... There were some, like, unlockable, like, pilot executions you could get for, like, hey, if you get... If you do this many executions with this one equipped, then I think you can unlock this other one. And they were all really cool and really well and really well thought out and really creative. Uh, and I really kind of enjoyed just kind of, like, going after them. It was, like, I liked having this like almost progress marker of okay well you've done this this many times so i like that there was this visual representation that i could like go back and check or see like okay well you're you're almost here you've got three more of these to do so i can like kind of plan my approach for like the next game because i didn't care as much about winning i cared more about i guess kind of looking the experience cool while you did it. honestly looking, looking cool sweet ass <laughs> mix i I jokingly say this phrase a whole lot, but it's not about making the right play. It's about sending a fucking message. And that's what you do. You just send a message. That's right. Just open up your your, uh, your pause menu. Pause menu. Your system menu. Excuse me. <laughs> Maybe that's the name of the podcast. <laughs> that's what we're doing. So, um, go ahead. On, on top of that, then, so that goes into another thought. Achievements. Are, there are some games that play achievements like you get through the epilogue of the story and you get an achievement that says now you begin or something mm-hmm. is that to just the cherry on top of the pie that is keeping you engaged in the game or is okay, it okay i'm gonna hard stop you because yeah. i hate it when i finish a level it's like hey you got an achievement and i'm like okay i guess i'm gonna press the playstation button to see what this is and it takes me out of the cutscene loads 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 lo- okay okay loads and it says you finished the first level and i'm just like i know i was in the cutscene. but okay and then i go back and 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 so that's one thing where like i see what the point is mm-hmm. poor execution i'm like yo i see that you're trying to pat me on the back i did the thing even if, you know especially feels good when you completed a clearly very difficult mission but you get to the end it's like you did it but you have to pause the cutscene to do it because that's when the badge pops up or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yo, maybe just wait a minute. Like, wait till the cutscene's over to give me the thing. So I uh, fucking love trophies a whole lot. Um, I've spent way more time than I care to really admit uh, chasing after just certain ones in particular. Um, notably, Titanfall 2. I've, like, gotten all the trophies for that game, including, like, running that gauntlet at, like, 32 seconds, which took a long time for me to, like, figure out and run towards. And 
like kind of going back to your point on well both of your guys's points really about how i just kind of wanted to like overcome this game or like get better at it i really only got better at it because there was a jpeg that had a lock symbol on it that i needed to get off (laughs) or like sometimes they're just like it's like a nice goal for me to like frame like kind of why i'm playing a game because sometimes i feel like it's a little tough for me to stay motivated to like play a game all the way through like i have the platinum trophy for persona 5 for some reason uh (laughs) i was unemployed and so i just decided to play through that game again but do like a perfect playthrough and what well, doesn't sound like it was for some reason. Well, I it mean, sounds like you heavily enjoyed the game. I did. I and absolutely. Wanted it. Oh, I I needed that JPEG. Yeah, <laughs> I needed that JPEG real bad. Then, so then, what's the problem with that? Oh. If you wanted it, you got it. Yeah, and that's so. And, then, yeah. So really, well, so for me, my only issue is straight up just the way they offered it at a system level. Right. That's my only issue. Mm-hmm. Other than that, it feels good to unlock stuff. You know what? It's funny because the background to that is a funny story that you can find somewhere else. I'm sure someone <laughs> else can tell you the whole story. But, uh, you know, I didn't understand how achievements worked, like why they existed. Like not how or why people wanted to add them, but how they had to exist for a PlayStation game until I played Undertale. And Undertale has no a specific... Spoilers, please, I haven't finished that yet. You're fine. Okay, great. Thank you. Uh, well, are you playing it on PlayStation? <laughs> I'm playing it on Switch. Okay. Uh, you might still have the, the same area, but there is a part of this game where you do something that is comically tedious. Like, to say that it's tedious really undersells it. And this thing that you do that takes forever <laughs> only exists so that you can get 13 achievements from it that all say basically the same thing so what you're saying is i need to buy this game on ps4 now uh yeah <laughs> okay great yeah really. and so he said it um God, I, I might i might pull it up i don't know but um it's like the first trophy you get is like you did the, no, 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 I'm just going to look it up because it's funny and I'm not going to okay. butcher his own joke. While but you, the, well, the only reason this whole thing, this whole area of the game, this tiny area, exists was because uh, when you put a game on PlayStation, it has to have achievements. And when uh, Toby Fox put the game in, he didn't want... He, he wasn't interested in having unlocks for the game he already made. He didn't want to make up achievements for the, for the stuff that already was. Um, but he also didn't want to say... You know, the game's not broken up into, like, levels or anything. He just didn't want to give anything away because a lot of that game is just discovery. Like, it makes you laugh out loud as you're just figuring stuff out. So uh, that was just a funny way. I don't know how Xbox does it. I assume they do the same thing. Probably the same, Probably yeah. the exact same way. Yeah. But it's funny that, that if you make a game, you're required to give a little pat on the back for completing a level where, you know, ain't no battle toads in that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just a funny thing to think of. Like, that is is, like almost a cliche of like a participation Mm -hmm. trophy zero effort and kind of kind of along the same vein i think trophies and achievements going on a slight bit of a tangent i think they could like there is absolutely a way for them to kind of add to the overall gaming experience or at least like kind of be used if you kind of understand and like know if you do this thing then something's going to pop up on your screen um i think the example that i always go back to something like this is portal 2 um, there is a bit where like they used an achievement for like comical effect and it totally fucking lands where 
sort of spoilers for Portal 2 that came out in like 2012. Yeah, wow. Um, okay, I'm turning off this podcast. <laughs> um, basically, like you get to a point and the bad guy is just like, this is the part where I kill you. And then the chapter is like entitled the part where he kills you. And then like <laughs> your quote sort of, I'm trying to avoid spoilers. The character that is with you says, this is the part where he kills you. And then the achievement pops and it just says the part where he kills you. And it's absolutely hysterical. <laughs> because yeah, one by one, it, it, it's, popped up, it is popped like popped a perfect timing. But I mean, also Valve is intimately familiar with that platform. Mm-hmm. Like that they're pushing it through their own platform. They can kind of plan for stuff like that. But I haven't unfortunately seen a whole lot of uses that of like to really emphasize a point, which I think is really neat. Uh, well, I have an answer for that. Okay. But I'll tell Other you Other than second. what you're about to so, tell me. Okay, I just have to tell this. I mean, I'm ruining a joke in, in That's PlayStation fine. Undertale, but that whole game is so funny that whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what you do, I'm just going to tell you what you do. So you go into this room and there's like a doggo in there, right? Like a Shibuina. Little good old boy. <laughs> good old boy. And he's like, hey, I opened up a shop. What, like, would you like to donate to me? And it's like, uh okay and you click and it's like would you like to donate one gold yes donated and then like i think the first time he's like oh thanks like come back i'm, I'm gonna upgrade my shop leave and come back and you do and he upgrade like one tiny really really dumb insignificant thing changes nice, nice. and he's like heck yeah way better in here and so you do that so like the first time it's like one the next time it's five the next time it's like 50 the next time it's 100 and every time it like it starts over and you have to click. You can only donate one gold at a time. Oh my God. And you have to like click, click, <laughs> click, click, donated one gold. Click, 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 donated one gold. And so that's you, so good. You end up donating oh, like so a good. thousand gold or something crazy. <laughs> and so the whole time, like I, I told this, like, I was doing something else and I just took the controller with me out of the room and Hell just yeah. donate, donate, donate. Hell yeah. So that was a funny thing. So when you do that, the trophy. So like I said, mm-hmm. Toby Fox had to make trophies for this to come out on on PlayStation. So the first trophy you get for that is, don't worry, I have lots of ideas for trophies. (laughs) The second one is, like getting items. The third is, or getting more items. The fourth one, help me, I'm out of ideas. (laughs) (laughs) And so like, if for those of you who have not played Undertale... That's what Undertale is. Undertale is I just need, a series of, finish that game. of goofy ass jokes. I've already beaten it once, but I need to beat it a second time because uh, because reasons, okay, which great. I can't Thank tell you. you. Yeah, I, you I appreciate that. I, I, I picked it up, but I oh, but actually, kept... you know what? Undertale is a great game. Exactly. Why? Hey. What I was going to bring up. This is an exactly a great reason to bring this game up because this is one of the other reasons why I like gaming. Because mm-hmm. it's it, it's a reward in a different way. It's not the challenge like Battletoads or Apex. It's not the I'm going to beat the gauntlet in 32 seconds challenge. It's I am now going to get an emotional experience mm-hmm. from this game. And that in itself is a reward but has minimal, if any, effort. Like there are some areas in Undertale that do get difficult, uh, but it doesn't. It's not something you have to do over and over and right. over and, and over again. Uh, again, really trying to avoid spoilers here. Thank you. But uh, there are multiple ways that encounters can go, and the game does not tell you mm-hmm. that that exists. Like eventually, it tells you, but it does not tell you basically until you've beaten the game, and then it's just like, hey, what's up? And then you learn that and you're like, 
Oh, I'm doing it again. I'm doing. I'm going back, and and it really does offer a, a totally different experience because the combat in that game is so unique to to that. It mm-hmm. is easily one of the most interesting combat anything I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, because it's man, it's just really hard to even describe what the combat is in that game. At this point, I'm going to stop talking around it. If you Appreciate haven't played, <laughs> if you haven't played Undertale, go play it. No, uh, no. But um, the the game offers you ways to go about your fights, um, where you can, you can either go the obvious way or you can go the not obvious way. And a lot of the times, the not obvious way is actually much more difficult because of the, what you're trying to do. And the game knows that, and it tells you that, and it makes jokes about it. Um, but it's two parts it's that it's difficult and it doesn't tell you to go do this like it is up to you to choose that challenge um i i know and i'm not trying to get away from undertale here but we had talked about Star Fox. you and i had talked about Star Fox uh 64 where it has branching difficulty paths where it's not like you just choose i want to go on the difficult path you have to earn it you start everybody starts in corneria the first level and if you do this certain thing you unlock this boss and you beat him and you go down the harder path. And on that level, if you complete, like if you figure out the hidden little thing that like is there and if you're paying attention, you can figure out like, oh, that looks, that's shiny. I should shoot it. You know, if you figure that stuff out, you can stay on the hard track. If you don't, you'll get knocked to the medium track. And if you do it again, you get knocked to the easy track. And based on which track you're at, you get these different levels. The final boss is significantly more difficult. New cutscenes. Mm-hmm. And the game does not really tell you. It shows you in the map. Of course, I was a kid and I didn't understand at the time. But it shows you in the map that there are all these different levels, but it does not tell you how to get there. And so you kind of got to figure that out on your own. And again, pre-internet, you're not just going on the internet to find this stuff out. You kind of got to call your buddies up. Yeah, I got a friend whose uncle myself. works at Nintendo. He can help you out. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. You, yeah, it's pretty rad. That's awesome. You and a million other people. <laughs> yeah, the uncle at Nintendo. <laughs> Oldest trick in the book. Uh, but you know, I've always found that fa- fascinating, and I have, I've talked it to death, but I just love what Star Fox 64 does where um, it's not about choosing your difficulty. It's about earning it in real time. So like if you miss, you know, you're you're halfway through the game because the game's not very long. You're halfway through the game, so you're like three levels deep and you're on a mission that has a particularly difficult uh, challenge in it. You know, there's there's the one where you're the landmaster. You're next to, you're in your tank and you're on like a train level and there are these flag, they look like mailbox flags that you shoot. If you shoot all of them, you move on to the hard mode. If you don't, you don't. Um, but that one's hard. I remember like I missed those a lot and I was like, Ah, I have to start all the way from the beginning of the game to have another shot at this. You can't restart the level. You can't restart your checkpoint. Uh, a lot of times, I think in those in that game, if you tried to kill yourself, it wouldn't go far enough back to hit the challenge again. And I, I'm pretty sure they designed that on purpose. So it really was like, this is your shot. You better take it kind of thing. So how many uh, bastards without empathy never <laughs> made it to the medium level because they did not want to help slippy in the very first level poor slippy because <laughs> it, it's definitely slippy uh, please help i got this get this guy off me no sorry boy no i think in the first and level, nobody don't nobody it, wants to do that in the first level it was you do the loop-de-loop through the uh the archway because mm-hmm. you you could let slippy go sorry buddy 
<laughs> you know, I I was busy. Uh, but you gotta stay in flying. formation. <laughs> That's you right. You have to have everybody there to stay in formation. That's true. Is that really how you do that? Is, yeah. it, is that how you? Well, if you do no. a barrel roll, you can yeah. you can keep it moving. No, I just I I always just took it upon myself to to save everybody, even Falco when he was Slippy, being a jerk. Man, some yeah, Falco, and then he show up and smash and people are like Falco's cool. It's like I remember, I remember <laughs> what he said to me. I'll never forget. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, that was a, that was a funny game because like the real difficulty was was the burden of your teammates, you know, which really. That's what multiplayer gaming it's, it's is like today. Life. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's gonna let you down. You know what's funny is, I was talking to my coworker at work. Uh, is that he, where you do that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, he's uh, he used. Well, I'm not. I'm not gonna go into details, but he's like the guy I talk to the most about anything work related. So, uh, somebody's joked that we're like the rumor mill because we see more people in the company than anybody else. You know. It, over a hundred people in our company and he and i are we we see it all and so I, I'm, I'm call him craig yeah. co-worker craig co-worker craig so co-worker craig and i we're talking you know before our days are really picking up and i'm telling him I'm like man last night i was playing apex with my boys you know he's like yeah yeah <laughs> he's like i don't know what apex is but you i don't know, know what apex is but you he's know. like shut up nerd Whoa. <laughs> uh no he definitely did not say so that he's like yeah but he says uh I, i'm like man i'm playing with my two guys and i got i got you know, two kinds of people here. I got two, two teammates, right? Team of three. We got one guy that he takes feedback really well. He is in it to win it. Like he's ready to get better. Like no matter what we're doing, you know, it's all about that grind. Yeah. Yeah. And so he, he takes, like the most important thing is he takes feedback well. Yeah. Other other friend, uh, he has said in his own words that he is not interested in that. <laughs> like while he is interested in winning, he is not interested in like that hard grind, the like throw yourself into the fire, lose ten times in a row like I like, and then come out a better player. He you know, he wants to win, but he's not interested in like the grind, right? Mm. Well yeah. he also doesn't take criticism as well, which like he is set. And boy, that ain't that the truth. Like just a- as a dichotomy of gamers. In a three-player game, I've got the one guy I can I can be like, all right, I can tell you what's up. I can tell you how I, you know, I can say what I want to say. And I got the other guy. I'm like, mm, I'm, I'm gonna mute my mic real quick. <laughs> um, and it's funny because uh, those two players are basically looking. They're playing at their own difficulty, right? You've got one that's that's in it to win it, but he wants to just win. He's not, uh, you know, I want to be the best person on my team i want to be the best person in this fight i want to be the best person in this in this round um you know i want to win because of all that but most importantly to me i just want to be the best and to be the best i want to fight the most and and have the most practice right well other guy he he just wants to win because you can you can win without being the best fighter you can outsmart everybody you can outweight them you know just be patient and sometimes you get to the end and win one fight instead of 10 and you win. And that's a totally valid way to play. But I just imagine that that's like setting the difficulty down. It's smarter. I'm not, you know, saying it's bad because honestly, that's definitely the best way to win your game. But that's setting your difficulty modifier down where I'm like, all right, I want to drop hot. I want to have the best loot because I want to have killed 10 teams to get it, you know, which is not how you win games at all. Mm-mm. Like the more you fight, the more likely you are to just lose, right? 
but uh, yeah, I've kind of I've spent a lot of time talking talking about that. So I was describing that to my coworker. I was like, you know, so I've got I've got teammate over here who's like all about that grind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I got teammate over there who's like, you know, let's put the, let's put this bad boy in park. You know, hmm. he's like, let's put let's put this bad boy in the second gear. And uh, you know, I'm like, I, I'd rather have the guy who's not winning games but grinding with me all day. Ten, to, well, nine times out of ten, you know. I know, uh, you know, and and it's just nice to have somebody on your team who who can who can uh, take that positive feedback. And he was like, "Man, it's like life." What? I'm like, shit. I'm oh my like, god, oh, shit. coworker Craig. I'm like, damn, that you sound like Vin Diesel right there or something. You know, talking about family. <laughs> but uh, yeah, anyway, that's that's just a, a goofy story. Wow. But I, I I think that it's I, we've had a lot of different uh, perspectives and views, and I think it's all really important, really, to take away is like you put what you want into the game and you get what you want out of the game and i think everybody can have different opinions it's like games are subjective or something <laughs> yeah. who decided that i know right because fuck them <laughs> yeah yeah i'm, I'm Says, sick of that signed sincerely coworker craig yeah coworker yeah. craig well cool uh i honestly would be interested in revisiting this topic uh probably several more times because there's just a lot to parse uh a lot of games out there mm-hmm. and as we move forward i mean we're going to be digging in gaming history all over the place uh more and more man mm-hmm. um i like it i like, I like it, it too a lot. yeah so uh yeah it says co-worker yeah let's bring craig. it back craig's on board too uh coworker craig thanks for thanks for coming on the show um we'll, yeah. we'll catch you uh on uh the next episode of our podcast (laughs) (laughs) anytime as humans we're naturally driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed when i was looking to hire someone it was so slow and overwhelming i wish i had used indeed if you need to hire you need indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.